Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. Season two, season two, two syndication. We back, baby. Woo! They got that full service radio back battery in our back now. It's That's crazy, right, baby. We good. Niggas charged up. They renewed us on purpose. Right. You hear me? I right. got the email like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Once, once I saw it on the IG story. Oh yeah, we new, was real. The new, new show, show on top of that. Yeah. Yo, yeah. I know we, we as a podcast, and we got uh, first off. Let's go ahead and just intro our guests. Let's, let's go ahead and do it, man. Well, you, you got, got it. it. You got it. Bro. I got yeah. well, a close homie to me for sure. Um, for years. Uh, I'm gonna just drop the name Jeremy Herte of Uh-oh. Let's Talk Bruh podcast is oh, here. Formerly of the, the for, for the Culture podcast. Rest in peace, my nigga. Rest OG in peace, for the, the Culture Radio. R.I.P. We gonna pull one, one out. Baby. One of the best podcasts out there, man. I've uh, I haven't always listened every week, but when I do get a chance, I binge on episodes. Thank you. So, I appreciate that. I fucking love Let's Talk Bruh. Let's well, Talk man. Bruh. Woo! I appreciate you too. Great show, man. Yeah. What a great show. Um, speaking but, of shows. Yeah, as podcasters, we all know that we uh, say a lot of words, right? Yeah. But uh, what is this? What's the term? Sticks and stones? Sticks and stones. Sticks and stones. Break my bones, right? But, but words, words will never hurt will me. fuck up the name. <laughs> right. <laughs> let's start some Yo, shit. Yo, Dave Chappelle. Let's the start Dave some Chappelle. shit. Yo, let's start some shit, man. Yeah. I don't even know how we want to start it. <laughs> well, I'm just going to say well, Sticks and Stones came out on Netflix, what, this past week? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, got the country, it's got the country in an uproar right now, the fight between conservatives and liberal mindsets and of course we have three beautiful creative minds in here so let's let's talk that shit let's talk let's word, talk word uh, well you already opened up with that episode yeah. that you dropped today so go ahead and if you want to give a continuation or some yeah, extra give us, thoughts give some, that you I'll keep, clip it. Notes. I'll keep yeah. it brief I'll keep Empty it brief clip, bro. I think for me and I'll, I'll preface this by saying I've been a Dave Chappelle diehard fan basically my whole life right a uh, large part of my sense of humor comes directly from that man mm-hmm. I just think that for me, in some instances, it seemed like he was almost sacrificing being funny for like going after PC culture, mm-hmm. going after cancel culture. And like the uh, the trailer he had with Morgan Freeman narrating him, yeah. it was like that was the goal, that was the mission. Yeah. And it seemed like that was kind of what he was, was doing with the stand-up special. And I guess I'm of the mind that I kind of like when comedy is Everything is off on limits, like nothing's out of bounds. Right. But I guess my only problem is a little bit with Dave, we can get into that, but also with like the reaction of folks who are like so bent on like supporting this to the point where they don't see where somebody could feel offended by it. Like I feel like if you're gonna make this a no holds bar stand up, right, people can feel how they wanna feel without oh, being called sensitive and PC culture, because that that kind of that dynamic doesn't really make for a productive conversation in my mind. Mm. Wanna go ahead? Yeah, man, I think uh, uh, I agree with you, Jeremy. Uh, Dave Chappelle is very much a pivotal part of my um, <clears throat> kind of like comedic upbringing, even like how I talk some ways yeah. uh, reflects how Dave Chappelle is, but I think that's reflected of any great comedian can like um, influence like a culture to the point of, of speaking patterns. To the point that uh, I think the point of the Sticks and Stones was to fuck people up. And uh, I'm not of the mindset that comedy has to be funny. I'm not of the mindset that humor is the, the end result of humor is almost like you know, I've been entertained. I think mm-hmm. comedians just bring a separate 
perspective to the world that's supposed to make the world face itself, kind of humble itself. And I think it's interesting. Like, to your point, people do have the right to feel how they want to feel. And then conversely, people have the right to say that people who feel they want to feel are soft or PC or whack or weak or whatever. But I think Dave Chappelle is not a shining example of what you should be. I think nothing, nothing in the, nothing in the comedy special should be something that you stand on as a moral for yourself. It's jokes. He even says in the middle of the in the middle of the the stand up that he's a victim blamer. I'm pretty sure the real David Chappelle is not specifically a victim blamer who asks what the kids were wearing when they were getting pedophiled. You know what I mean? I'm pretty yeah. sure that's not the point. And people who are going to stand on that you're fools. That's like trying to act like wrestling's a real sport and you're gonna you're gonna live off of that. You're gonna make your bets off of off of, off of wrestling. Nah, it's it's entertainment and people have been entertained and people have been. Poked, and I think it's interesting. It's very George Carlin in a sense. It's like it's not necessarily funny in the sense of where you're gonna like your, your side's gonna be hurting, but it's funny in the sense of like, hmm, that's funny. I liked it. It wasn't his greatest though. I will say nah. that it wasn't his greatest. Yeah, I did yeah. feel like y'all read the the last Tiny Hissy Coast book was with the red cover, and all America, it was was uh, was a collection either. of essays. Yeah. It felt like a collection of essays with just new like beginnings. This, this is thoughts. Yeah, I was like, ah, yeah. this is cool. I'll take it. I so want another get book. Some bars off real yeah, quick. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. A hot ninety seven exactly. freestyle. Interesting. Like with flex. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. So, like everybody in the room. Oh, by the way, I just want to make sure. Shout out, Tom Tom is in the room. Tom Tom is in the building. We got Alexia. Almost almost on African time. That's the third. We weren't even going to say anything, bro. (laughs) Shout out to Alexia. (laughs) What up, though? OG in the building. <laughs> yeah. Full hello. service radio's finest. Shout out to Jack. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Hello. We got hello. A, hello. What's up, Alicia? Why well, say Alicia? Alexia. 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 What? Wow. Jeez. You Cut his mic, bro. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Let me redeem myself. Let me redeem myself because I was going to transition to Men Elise. are trash. Elise. Elise is to my left. Uh, who is our videographer? Yeah, yeah. I, tried to, I tried to mix two names together. So we got Elise to the left right now, who's our videographer slash photographer, multi creative in the building. So shout out to Alexia, Alicia. And uh, Elise. Uh, um, yeah, so my thoughts on all three of them. Yeah, that's all right. three of them. Yeah. So, so with Chappelle, Chappelle is like one of my. Uh, he's my favorite comedian. Uh, for what is worth, is uh, as a stand-up special that I used to put on repeat as mm-hmm. a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, even killing him softly, like I feel like I was a little too young to really understand everything back then. But mm-hmm. like going back to his comedy and some of the, like the the Ill, uh, illegally recorded sessions that he does with some of the stand-up sessions is hilarious. Right. I didn't think this was his best work either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't necessarily... I wasn't upset with the uh, LGBTQ plus jokes per se, but I just didn't really find them funny either. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I respected the social commentary and I respected him stepping out there and putting himself out there. But like Charlemagne says, and that's always base everything on Charlemagne, but he says, look, you can do whatever you want, but you can't control the magnitude in which people respond to you. Yeah. That's true. So, that's you know, true. if you're going to step out there, you just got to be prepared for both the good and the bad. That's and that's true. something that I've learned yeah. and I've had to relearn recently is like, you know, like people going to feel how they feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't regulate how people respond to you and say, well, nah, you know, defend him. It's like, nah, he put that shit out there. He put the energy out there and he has to reap what he sows, whether right. it's positive or negative. So. Right. I think yeah. the biggest thing that fell flat to me is in the beginning where he said that, you know, it might have obviously been a joke, but it's a hard time to be a celebrity and be like, bro, this is your fifth Netflix joint. Like, you ain't going nowhere. Like, <laughs> yeah. Dave Chappelle's not being nah. canceled. And, and no. swimming so, in money at that. Yeah, yeah, so like that argument that I saw kind of made by him, but also some of like his diehard fans is like, it's, what, I don't get where the cancel culture is coming from for Dave specifically. Right. Nobody's canceling flat. Dave Chappelle. Yeah, he's, it's not going to happen. A staple. I, my, my only thing is, and it's not against Chappelle or any particular topic, but with cancel culture, it's like, if we're going to cancel people, like, 
let's cancel them off of uh, the full body of work instead of like a 30 second snippet mm-hmm. or a 59 second uh, snippet on on Twitter or Instagram like if you're really going to dive in and say this person is not qualified to be a part of us whatever us is right then we really need to like do our homework on the full list of what these people have done. Otherwise, it's like you know we bring niggas back from the dead. I, even with the Jay Z shit, I don't want to bring Jay Z stuff tough up too much. Oh, what but is I'm gonna say with, I'm gonna say with Dame right when the Dame shit came out that he said that Jermaine Dupri yeah he jocked Jermaine yeah. right and then like everybody's all up like up in arms and using that as ammo against Jay Z. But I'm like, there's so many times where Dame has said some crazy shit. Yeah. You know, this nigga says pause like 30 times yeah. in an interview. This dude has, <laughs> as this if dude, he's not a grown man. In right, 2019. Right, in 2019. Yo, the pause shit be funny, though. The, the dude yeah, said dude, dick shit and then pause. That's hilarious, it's my nigga. It's funny, but it's That's also hilarious. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, ah, like... We've heard this before. Right, and uh, right. it's not act like... And we were talking about this on a wind-down episode that we haven't dropped yet, but... The wind-down. The wind-down. Okay. Like... My nigga Dame like has fucked people over with deals, of course, all the time. Of you know course, what I'm saying? He, has a, mm-hmm. he has a long story history of that. So yeah. it's just like all I'm trying to say is with cancel culture, if you're gonna cancel, really do your research and really make that shit stick and make it meaningful, mm. you know, not just social media fodder. Man, see that's the, that's my problem though, man. Go ahead. It's just fodder, bro. It's all people fodder. not really mad. Nah, people not really like truly offended to the point where they're gonna take action. The offense where they gonna call up a network and ask for some systemic changes. Nobody gonna do that shit. People are gonna complain. They're gonna put it on their Twitter. They're gonna be upset about it. We're gonna talk about it on the blogs and on the podcast. And in two months, we're gonna forget about that nigga, shit. Nigga, seventy-two hours usually. You know what I'm saying? Maybe twenty-four. But at the same time, it's like sometimes I feel like it's getting a little too out of hand. I don't even think cancel culture really is a thing, though. It's not. Like it's just kind of thing we will say this person's canceled, but they're still free to do whatever exactly. they want to do. That's my point. And it's yeah. not. It's not a real measure of accountability. That's Who's my the point. last person to real really get canceled? Nobody. Canceled. That's my point. I'm saying like niggas have canceled Dame and brought this nigga back from the dead. I can't think of a name. The last person to be canceled like Chrisette Michelle, maybe for the uh, for the nah, Trump. Nah, they canceled was, uh, Jermaine. Uh, they canceled uh, uh, Daniel Caesar. Oh, we ain't seen oh, Daniel yeah. Caesar for real. For real. But, but I, it's only been a couple years. I still, like, yeah. come out I still listen to the still album. Still fuck with so the Right, exactly. do. That's my. It wasn't as fire as the first one. If it's gonna be real, cancel culture. Make that shit real. Make that shit stick. Otherwise, it's just bullshit. It's just bullshit. It's fodder. That's what it is. Well, I mean, but I mean, one of one of my favorite things to talk about is how I feel like America doesn't know how to process its anger. So it's not like what we're saying may be limited to like Twitter, but like I'd be feeling like you know sometimes when you know I don't know the average white person or whatever is mad about something in public, you're not actually mad about it. Like for example, the barbecue thing that kept happening. You're uh, not actually. What do you mean the barbecue thing that kept happening? Okay, so. Um, there's a I don't for lack of better words it's like a conspiracy theory that like white people get upset and you could be doing something as simple as a barbecue or gotcha. something Just in, context the, for in, in a public know. space and they'll be like no you can't do this right so it could be you're walking through Walmart it could be I'm having a barbecue in somewhere public in, park in Oakland in Oakland and then the lady and, and so on and then they'll they'll come at you but like that goes back to what we're saying like this person can't really be that mad about this simple thing. Nah. But they choose to express it wrongly. I know we got to move forward, but I think a lot of it is even like you had an episode on the barbershop politics mm-hmm. and barbershop culture and yeah. all of that. And it's very similar to social media to a very, very small degree. Absolutely. And the fact that a lot of the conversations and arguments are usually based off misinformation mm-hmm. or not a complete <coughs> set of information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And niggas just take that and run off with it. because right. Half-baked theories. Half-baked theories because it aligns theories. with how they feel. Right, you know exactly. So exactly. We, we mix feelings in so quickly into, yeah. to turning them into facts. We do. We it's do. It's crazy. We do. But it is creatively, 
Shit was gold because yeah, here we are talking shit, about this yeah, shit. Here we are, shit man. was gold, we baby. Got fodder, man. There it is. Like, we got where, more where fodder, are we, baby. By the way, like, we oh lord, that, my god, we done did it again. Welcome to Come the Over the Shoulder Podcast, season two, season baby. Two. Intentional dose. This is your chance to eavesdrop on four creators as we discuss the sources, happenings, and inspirations from the creative industry, from film to production to music to culture. Join us each week as we push the envelope on the possibilities of the creative industry. Our host this week, your boy, your main man. Bimo Brown, creative director, festival producer on mic. What's up? You're what's going on, y'all? What's good with you, bro? Man, I'm in the middle of my post event blues, but you know, we'll talk about that. Later. Post, oh, okay. okay. You want to table that? We'll talk, yeah, we'll talk about it. It's coming, bro. It's coming. Don't worry about it. We're going to go a little too deep later. Okay. All right. I feel it. Yo, what up? It's the kid, Backpack Matt, aka Mr. Backpack, Mr. SBO, the silent partner. Uh oh. Enough said. Uh oh. <laughs> my name is Thomas, aka Thomas the Great, aka the facilitator, Ooh. aka everybody's Ooh. This nigga got favorite. and one nigga The facilitator, <laughs> dog. AKA, <laughs> AKA, AKA, AKA everybody's favorite Ghanaian. What's up? Okay. 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 And we have, of course, our special guest, Mr. Jeremy Go Hurt in the building. It. Jay Hurt. What's AKA up, baby? Last punctual black man alive. Oh. AKA. That's all I got. What's here earlier? As Self, always, self name, nickname. That's, that's what I give myself. That's real you like the shack of nicknames. That's just, powerful. Yeah, 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 I got you. Cactus, Diesel. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know. As always, we're coming to you live from the lobby of the Line Hotel on full service radio. We got the world star producer in the house, Miss Alexia. What's up, girl? Hey, welcome to season two. What's popping? We're here. We made it. We made, we it, made it. Somebody's about to text me like, "Bitch, who the fuck is Alicia?" Let it out. We'll save it for the wind down. Damn. Are we ready for the word of the day of the, the day? day. Today's word of the, oh, today's word of the day is sponsored by DictionaryApp.com. They ain't thrown us no bread yet, but, but it's like we're just gonna read. Nah, we wish sponsors out here. Nah, 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 but they gonna listen. You know it. Season Say it two. again, Alexa. Season two coming. It's coming. Two. That's right. Sponsors baby. coming. Today, word of the day, September 4th, daffing. Daffing. D-A-F-F-I-N-G. Noun. Mm. Merriment. Playful behavior. Foolishness. Today, we'll be not doing too much daffing. We did a little daffing about the Dave Chappelle, but we'll keep it a little Damn, real. Man, daffing is what Labor Day weekend is for, right? Oh, man. It daffing is. is definitely what it's for. Too much daffing. Oh, daffing and dipping. Not even this daffing weekend. My dipping. birthday weekend. Oh, oh yeah. Happy belated, oh, bro. God. It's like well, well, how many weeks? It's 30... Ooh, 29. 29. 29. 29, 29, 29, 29 too. Just Little do y'all know yesterday was my birthday. Yesterday was your birthday, Tom? Oh, yeah. oh shit. You a son of a gun. Oh, happy, happy, happy birthday, bro. 34? 34? You're 34? What is yes, this? Sir. Is that the Barkley year? Yeah. The Barkley year. The Barkley year. I like that. year, baby. Not Phoenix Suns, though. Not the Phoenix Suns. Philly. 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 Philly Barkley. Oh, I'm talking about the Sun Shack. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Not the Sun Shack. Oh, yeah. Not Celtic Shack. Not the Cactus. No, not the Big <laughs> Yo, y'all mind if I go too deep? I'm going to step back. Deep, right All right, man, here we go. ISO. Here we go. As a content creator, I find it pivotal to constantly investigate that which inspires, confounds, and disrupts creativity. Each week, I'm going to explore one creative concept, deconstructive to its creative atoms, and analyze its foundations in hope of expanding the discovery of the creative process. This week, I'm going to talk about the hardest question to answer as a creative. How much am I worth? I've gotten to the point in, entrepreneur, in my entrepreneurial career where folks ask me questions. The most common, common is, how much am I worth? That question is, to be honest with you, incredibly difficult to answer. And the reason why it's difficult to answer because there's really only one answer to it. Uh, but in an effort to continue my conversation on the creative process, 
Let's try to break it down. So, oh, and I lost my place. Here we go. Uh, went a little too deep. I went a little too deep, bro. I got lost. Okay, I did. So the first point is so. The first question is, is it based on the budget of the project, right? You can always ask what's allowed for you through the financier, but that doesn't truly answer your question. You're working for a festival. They got $10,000 for you, but does that mean that you're really worth $10,000 more or less? The second question is, is it based on your contribution? What did you bring to the table? I've gone so far to literally calculate my impact into a workable and payable percentage, but I still don't feel like that truly answers the question. Thirdly, is it based on your infrastructure, like what you need, your rent, your insurance, your car note, your work ethic? Mm-hmm. I've even gone so far to calculate those things and try to work it into a payable number for my work ethic. But that doesn't truly answer the question. So as we all know, on last Saturday, I, I helped produce the Flower Bomb Festival. And as we talked before on previous episodes, after you create something, I have, I have what I call like the post-event blues, which if you look at it optimistically, I call it waning ambition. You built up all this energy to create one thing. You created it, and now it's created in the atmosphere, and you kind of don't know what to do with the rest of that uh, energy. So hmm. in the last couple of days in my reflection in my quiet time, I've gotten a lot of calls from my creative friends. And the same question has always been, how much do you ask people to pay you? Like, what's your rate? What do you base that on? And as I've answered the question probably about 20 times over the weekend, the simplest and the deepest answer is you're worth what you accept. Boom. And that's BMO goes too deep because you can't find a swim for it. Let's mm. talk about it, fellas. You can't find a swim for it. <laughs> Not what you're worth is what you negotiate. Yeah. Right. What's that last line one more time? You're worth... I said, what did I just say? You're what worth say, what man? you accept. Yeah, you're what, worth what, what you, you accept. Because oh. all those, all three of those things could be a factor. Somebody's willing to pay you $10,000, you accept $10,000. Therefore, you're worth $10,000. Right. Now, that really comes into a complicated issue when somebody offers you something that's incredibly less uh, what you think you're worth. Like, I, I had an offer for a company. I won't put their name out loud. I had an offer of a company to produce something i can't say what it is and they offered me minimum wage like legit 15 15 is that minimum wage or is 15 25 they oh, offered me 15 15 and your face matt right now is the same face i made like, like huh? damn i really do need to pay my rent i recognize that's most of the budget i realize i'm going to be contributing the most of what it is but am i truly worth minimum wage fuck no. most of the time those opportunities end up being like bullshit anyway in my opinion, and I, I always right. lowball you initially. Right. Yeah, yeah. They, or like they just don't got it like that. And you know, it's nothing wrong with not having a substantial amount of money or a budget for a project. But if you wanted to be successful, then you got to be able to pay the creatives who have that quality of work that you want and treat them the same way too. I agree. I always see like with the payments. I've taken gigs for free. Of course, years. I'm taking gigs mm. for hundred dollars, fifty dollars, two hundred dollars. We for cheeseburger, brother. Did all yeah. Shit. But for one, I'm never going back to that again. Because I feel mm-hmm. like I'm I paid my dues, and you know I've learned my and earned my stripes and paid pay my dues. But the second thing is, is like most of the time, like I used to think that they just didn't have it, but they appreciated you. Yeah. But most of the time, it's like the appreciation for you as a creative and as an entrepreneur isn't there either. See, that's yeah. where I think that's where I think the problem is in this in this particular situation. I don't think the respect is there, and I've said that transparently. But I guess I'm just talking to three other creatives. How do y'all deal with these situations where you are kind of put in a position to tell somebody no because of the lack of respect? Is it just like a, a cold no? Like, nah, fuck out of here. Or do you try to ease into it? You try to spit on it? What's going on? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I, for me, whatever creative creative endeavors I've done, I've never had like 
I've been I'm kind of a rookie in yeah. that side of things, the business side of things. I feel you. I think I've yeah. said no to a lot of different collaborations in terms of like people maybe wanting to reach out to be on the podcast or you know just different things they want to do that doesn't align with like my vision and my brand. So I've right, said right. no mm-hmm. on that lens of things. Yeah, um, fit. Yeah, yeah, and kind of just like how do we mesh this collaboration? Does it even make sense right. for us? Like, right, right, right. You see a lot of that. Whatever kind of creative endeavor you do, people want to reach out. Just like wanna, general appropriateness. Yeah, I'm just like, okay. I think finding the language is always like a good thing to navigate. Like, yeah. how do I actually respond in a way that's professional mm. and not trying to like throw them, you know, to the side? But it's mm. it takes a, time, a minute of time to figure out what that language is and reps. You got to yeah, go through yeah. the mistakes and right. figuring out, like you said, you don't want to be an asshole all right. the time, but you got to build up that thick skin for that area of handling gotta things, be. right? right? Got to be. Yeah. And you, I, I'm finding right now, I, I'm trying not to be convinced that my worth is really minimum wage. You feel what I'm saying? Right. I'm trying not, to let, the work, let it work on the other way around. Because at the same time, my ego was like, my ego was like, nah, nigga, you're not worth no 15. But then, like, my humility was like, oh, Wait a minute, nigga. Hold 15 up. 15 can stretch a These bills got to get paid. You got to get, you know what I'm saying? You That's 14 McDonald's, nigga. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's in terms real, of the, 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 you got you got a point, Tom Tom? Otherwise, I'm I mean, I, I would uh, piggyback off what our friend Jeremy said. And, like, really, <clears throat> first, there is the fit. And then after that is the money. So, like, a lot of times you have to say no just based off, like, it just straight up doesn't fit. And, I mean, the different projects I have going on, we, me and the team have had going on, that question is asked often. And even within the creation of something as big as Flower, Flower Bomb Festival, you have to almost watch who you tell that, something like that, too, because they're going to try and weasel their way into, you know, the, 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 the weasel the way deep into the process and then get too involved and now you can't separate. Mm. So, like, I, I feel like there's different... There's different things to worry about before you even get to money talk. But yes, money, like, I'm almost would put myself in the same category as Jeremy, at least with understanding what the number is and how to negotiate to that number and understanding, like, what exactly I've contributed to this project, to that project, and so on. So I would honestly say I'm still learning. Mm. Um, but Damn. You know what I wish? I wish? I wish successful folks would be hella more transparent. Right. I wish we mm-hmm. knew like what these numbers were because I got a. This is not this segment. I don't want to go too deep, but I got a peek into the wealthy pockets over the weekend. Like I just was able to open up the sliver on the outside of the pocket, and I was able to see the billions of dollars that are within that pocket, and it made me realize I think niggas might be doing something wrong. But we'll talk about that another time. Right. Uh, to wrap it up, uh, you're talking about one point that we didn't really touch on was like there's like there's post nut clarity, there's post right. project clarity. Right? There is. Just to come down, right? What? <laughs> so, what do you do? You don't know about post nut clarity, Tom? Tom? I, I know all about oh, it. Okay, all right. Then. So, once, once upon a time, right, nigga, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes, yeah. like after the event, like even when I did SBO back on 420, like yeah. I was just, I had, I was on a high, I was on a rush, um, just seeing everybody come together and just have a great event and great feedback. But then afterwards, the months afterwards, I'm just like, what the fuck do I do next? Right. Do I just follow it up with another one? Like, does that right. make the most sense? Or am right. I just doing it to do it, to like chase the high? Yeah. And I feel like it's kind of like working out, right? You might mm-hmm. have like a chest day or a leg day, mm-hmm. you know, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the next time you go back in the gym, you hit that same muscle again. Like niggas who win the championships, they don't go back into the gym, you know, all the time the next day and start working out. They go do something else. Right. They go and, you know, seek uh, uh, 
replenishment. You yeah, know yeah. What I mean, like it's, a mental, it's mentally yeah. fatiguing as well, more right. so, so than anything. So right. point of reflection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Debrief. I mean, this mm. is it was a great event. I was mm-hmm. out of town. I'll talk more about it in my in the back segment, but I definitely ready? kept my eyes on it. But I mean, it's a it's an event with that magnitude, three thousand uh, RSVPs. Mm-hmm. I don't know the numbers in terms of attendance. They say twelve and five, something like that. There you go. Mm-hmm. Like I mean. That's a that's a huge task. So you got to yeah. give yourself time to rest, and during that time, just uh, continue to facilitate what the next move is going to be. Boom, boom, boom. All right, y'all mind if I get in, in the bag? What's real in quick? the bag, in baby? The bag. All right, let me see what I got. Let's see. Alexa, can you help me open this? Real quick. All right, cool. So, um, at the age of twenty nine, mm-hmm. I finally realized how important it is to feel like a kid again. Sometimes. Hmm. Labor Day weekend, I filled up my bag with cameras and microphones and skipped town and all the usual shenanigans I get myself into this weekend every year to attend Camp Gully all the way out in Farmington, Pennsylvania. What? I saw that. Yeah. Where is this, man? So uh, Camp Gully, a project started by Maya, uh, who's a Stanford grad, and Tau Shanklin Roberts, who's a Morehouse grad, as well as Camille Hall, who's up in Brooklyn, owns a production company called Black Summer. And the three of them, as a collective, sought to piece together a roster of about 25 adult creatives uh, to spend a weekend of activities, food, weed, but most importantly, nature, peace, clarity. Sounds fun. Non-judgment in an environment where we can put the creative hustle and all the bullshit that comes with it aside and live again, like a kid growing away for summer camp. Wow. So mm. pajama parties, early morning yoga sessions, water gun fights, slip and slides, playing football and catch with the homies, breaking into tree houses, hot tubs, Bonfires where we wrote about things on our mind that were uh, bogging us down in which we collectively acknowledged and released into the fire quite literally. Uh, not to mention fresh fried fish, jerk wings, seafood salad, countless what? bottles, and enough hot sauce bottles Side and watermelon fish. to go around five times. You didn't get over. no invite, man. Like, damn. nigga, I was posting the shit. <laughs> you right. The camp, the camp was full of creatives and hustlers, from designers to painters, a litany of DJs, lawyers, journalists, financial consultants, PhD grads, authors. But I didn't know most of this until I was on the bus ride home. Hmm. Um, we put the titles and clout to the side and just fellowshipped. Um, there's a few experiences I can derive from this. Uh, when you unplug yourself from the matrix that is the 2019, that is 2019 and social media, you realize how much shit truly doesn't matter. We move from one topic, project, or event onto the next in record time. The highs of today are rarely spoken of the next week. Right. Uh, what's important are the life-shifting events in, in life that change you for the better. That impression lasts much longer. Uh, point number two. The titles and clout you think you have as a creative, including myself, or as a mover and shaker in whatever space that you're in, really doesn't matter. What really matters and what really counts are the personal connections that you make and share through shared experiences on a baseline as individuals. Third, last point, take a fucking load off from time to time. Don't just go on vacation and hit the beach. Hit a zip line somewhere. Mm. Uh, complete an obstacle course. Keep a football in the trunk to play catch with your homies after y'all roll one up. You better fuck that watermelon up with no shame. True, true. Talk to that intelligent black woman and not try to fuck her for a change. Implement activities in your life that will make you remember the kid in you. Because when we were kids, self-care was a non-negotiable. And that's what's in the bag. Ooh, it's mm, deep that, in the bag. In the I like bag. that. I deep like in that. the bag. That was like, deep thanks, and man. in the bag. I see. Yeah. So definitely, I see. definitely resonated. I think the biggest, I mean, all creatives in the room, I think... It's so hard to like disconnect from whatever creative project you have going to the point where, 
you know, we don't really do shit that doesn't have like a ROI attached to it. Right. Like mm. go to the gym. Okay, I'm gonna get bigger. I'm gonna get stronger. Oh, I'm gonna eat healthy. Right. Like we I'm don't go just five like times a week. Yeah. go get some ice cream just because ice cream is good. Like we always have so to true. have like a, a tangible benefit tied to whatever we're doing as like young professionals, as creatives, and like that shit sparked a lot because I'm always like, okay, what am I doing now? Mm-hmm. I got the podcast. At, 3.15, 3.30 with Matt and BMO and them. And then after that, I'm doing something else. And before I know it, I'm like, I didn't really sit and just do nothing. Right. I, like, enjoy that moment. Yeah. Right. Have that quality time hard. with yourself or right. people who are outside of that community. And I know we get caught up in this. Not necessarily caught up in it, but Thomas, for sure, just like me, we like to hit up different spots and mm-hmm. just dolo and then just connect and, and right. network and all of that stuff. And Sometimes people, including myself, years ago, I used to fall, or maybe even last year, fall into the trap of, well, I need to continue to be out here in these streets. Mm. Uh, not necessarily to like keep a bunch of clout. Maybe, yes, but also it's like, I just need to, if I don't, then what am I risking? Right. You know what I mean? And then it just takes a minute to step back, get away from it, where there's no cell, cell phone service for me, this particular experience, and just a group of people who we didn't talk about creative shit at all to realize, like, damn, like, you know, I feel much better. You know what I'm saying? Um, motherfucking got a pedicure two days ago. You know oh, what I'm saying? Wow. Like, got, my, got my oil changed finally. Oh, you nice. know, air filters. And it was like, all right, I just needed to step back, not feel like I was in the mix for a change, and then just suppress all the outside noise mm. to get myself, to find myself again mm-hmm. in a micro fashion. Like, find that kid again that really loved this shit to start. You know, we get into this creative industry for because we love creativity but we get so bogged down with all the politics and the bullshit and the setbacks and the it's stress like, it's like work that we love but it's hard to log out from that work because yeah. it doesn't feel like work at some time right like doing work for the podcast i love doing it so it's like it doesn't feel like work to the point where i'm doing work all day and i haven't actually talked to a human being right <laughs> right 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 that's a good point man to the point you just made sometimes the work that i do looks like recreation it looks like it's, i was talking to my girl about that the other day it looks like i'm having fun but in actuality, there's a Same. pressure for like ex- ex- excellence and and, yeah. and like trying to reach a goal and, and like meeting objectives and trying to get your smart goals and all that good shit, right? So yeah, I f- man, I wish my uh, festival was in the same weekend because that's right. That's, fucking a, that's, fantastic, a, that's all bro. I've been thinking about the while you was going through every bit of Damn, it. Damn, bro. Every Labor Day. Yeah, I think it's going to be every Labor Day. I was uh, I wanted to come to Flower Bomb, but it got pushed back to Labor Day. Weekend. Yeah, it did. Originally, man, that like shit sounds weeks fantastic. Before, so I, my plan was to finish out the year creatively. With flower yeah. bomb and then mm-hmm. do this, you but it was the first like, time they've done it, so this is the inaugural one. Yeah. You saying I, it was I might, like I might have free? To, I might have to go to the next it's one. Cloud free, bro. Yo, I didn't know about like any of this shit. Like I was talking on a bus to uh, one of the women who I had met going up, and you know we went up, and most of us are like creative, so we're introverted to some degree. So we exactly. were all That's just sitting, sitting by ourselves, right? <laughs> you know, nobody staggered rows. But by the time we came back, it literally felt like him. You know, we come back from summer camp. Yeah, everybody's everybody, friends. Yeah, like, <laughs> excited and talking, about collecting, you know That's following hilarious. each other on IG and shit. I'm finding out, oh, Shardy a PhD? Like she just wrote a book? Like she self published? Like yeah. Yeah, I had no fucking idea bro. because we were just fellowshipping. Like, yeah, but I feel like sometimes that's the beauty. Well, that first of all, that's the beauty in the design of, of that uh, experience. But like for me, as we're sitting here talking, I've kind of come to realize that like as I'm even sitting here thinking like I've started, even though like we were saying we like to go networking dolo just to make sure we're out there and stuff like that. I've kind of come to realize like, you know, me, I'm almost like a rediscovered homebody, like having a having a serious girlfriend. Just, you know, you yep. can't do everything. Yep. So Talk about it. I just totally I've gotten I've gotten used to staying in the house with my girl. Yeah. And, but at yeah. the same time, like especially 
in this uh, last quarter before we pulled off this flower bomb fest, like, okay, I'm sitting at home with my girl, and it's 8 o'clock, but we're supposed to have this meeting about something. So I have to deviate at this particular moment. And, you know, you know, like, like we always say, the balance of all of that is rough. And you, do, you ever really ever, do you really ever master it? But um, I don't know. One of the things that I, I try and do is, like, you know, let life actually happen. So, like, if my phone dies, my phone dies. Fuck yeah. it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Or a lot of times, especially in the past when I had a, the blog or was doing anything, I would introduce myself and I wouldn't put a benefit to it. You see what I'm saying? I'd say, yo, I think your issue is dope. Let me write about it. Da, 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 da. And it breaks the mold of like the clout and other things that people may see, mm. may have. That's but powerful. Those are, those are mm. my little uh, burb, uh, blar, blarbs, whatever the word is. Whether it's your significant other, blurbs. girlfriend, partner, whatever you want to call it, like as a creative, have you all kind of utilize that relationship to keep yourself fresh or keep yourself mentally sharp. <laughs> I mean, that's a question I'm really guess, interested in. I guess I'll, I have it. I guess I'll start, <laughs> I guess I'll start off on that one and um I mean I've discussed it before like my best friend Reef and my girlfriend are how I keep my balance because mm. a lot of times as me and Bimo have also discussed like it's very easy to try and move at the pace of the things that are going on with you mm-hmm. as opposed to move at the pace that you can manage. That's so, a key. Um, right there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I like I definitely try and make sure I share what's going on with my my mind, myself, and just in general with my girlfriend. And then sometimes, even for someone like my best friend Reef, it's about discussing it with someone who's not part of the circle. Right. Yep. So like one of our good friends, his name is uh, Guillermo, aka Wolf or whatever. He's kind of been an outlet for Reef because like you know Reef has to manage line. I have to help. I have to help manage the th- situations with Chris. So it's like, who can I really talk to that's not in my circle, mm-hmm. or what purpose? You're not that doing serve? active business with for right. that particular thing. Like sometimes I almost realize I have to turn that 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 part of my mind off because I'm sitting here. Mm-hmm. We just finished the podcast, and I'm talking to Alexia about full service stuff that has nothing to do with our podcast. Right. But, anyways, I digress. Okay. That's how I handle things sometimes. I think I'm like the opposite right now. It's gonna, I feel bad for saying it, but it's, it's kind of the truth. I have um, <clears throat> the fellas over here know I've, I've survived a couple of, of sacrifices, but now the things that I have to sacrifice include my girlfriend and our relationship and our place together and like our well being. Uh, so now I'm in a situation, I told this to her face, I'm in a situation where I'm so appreciative to have her in my life for the reasons that you just said, Tom Tom, to be able to communicate about creative instances or problems to a third party who has no idea what the fuck is going on. That feels good just to hear that bounce back. But at the same time, I look at her and I see her as kind of like a as a, a symbol of pressure. Like if I if I fail or if I come short, the first person to be disappointed we would be her. this person right, right. here. You I think that? that? You really feel that? that? Yeah, no, that's a what do you mean, that's a real like that's a real feeling. Like it's um we got a place together now, right? Mm-hmm. And so I am a full-on 100% entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And so I know how I'm making money today, tomorrow, September, October. But let's say I come up short in November, which I have done notoriously for the last mm. three years. That's so when I come up short in November, right, what happens then? Usually, like, I just tell my landlord, landlord to fuck off. I pay, I pay you when I can. I can't do that with, no, with this girl in the house. I can't risk no eviction with this girl in the house. Yeah. Fuck yeah. no. So while I'm I'm very like appreciative of her at the same time it's just kind of like 
Do you think okay. it's a pressure she's putting on you? You put no, no. This is this is one hundred percent Bryant Brown. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm trying to get. She has not like she has not said, "Nigga, you better have that rent for November." I'm pretty sure she's even like. Uh, uh, prepared herself for some things that happen like that because she knows how my Novembers are. But like that's definitely when I see her, I see relief and I also see pressure at the same time. Hmm. Yeah, I, and I, I'd, I'd have to, to even that. even echo that because like it's definitely self self um, self imposed self imposed. Yeah, I couldn't spit it out. It's definitely self imposed. And then like for example, what if what if flower bomb didn't go as planned? Like you look, you walk, you walk back in the house and you're like. I have to admit this, or I have to say it, or I have to even talk about it. Yeah, because you might not be ready to. Or, but you know, that's actually the fun part, right? If there is any upside to failing, is being able to go home to your partner and be completely transparent. Yes, about your failures because it's not her fault. So I'm not. I'm not not. mad at. I'm not mad at her for being like, man, you made me fail. But I'm like, man, I have some. I can objectively say to you with all my ego out the way, almost even butt naked, literally and uh, metaphorically, and just be like, yo. Just didn't go the way I wanted it to go. Yeah. Right. That venting space is definitely needed. Yeah. 100%. But, but do you think, uh, Jeremy, do you think that putting that pressure or putting that symbolism of pressure on this black woman is unfair? Great question. It's a good question. I don't, I think because you it's, talked about earlier, you, you're, it's facts and feelings, right? So it's right. something you feel. And I think the biggest thing is communicating that with yeah. her, that this is what I feel. And I yeah. feel like because now I'm with you and we live together, there's this pressure, this mm-hmm. added pressure. So have y'all had that conversation as yeah. far as, okay. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm a transparent ass nigga. I woke up like at 4 it. o'clock in the morning. Hey, 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 I got to tell you something. Yeah. I feel pressure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's not, yeah, if it's same. fair or not, because this is what you feel. Yeah. I think it's just not trying to make it a burden on her. As That's if, what like, I try. I try yeah. not to actually make it a real, like, if I feel it, that's one thing. But to take it out on her. That feels that just feels wrong. You know yeah. what I mean? It's I hope fun, that answers your question. It's a fine, isn't that, fine what, line. Isn't yeah. that what partnership is for? Not offloading mm. stress or worry. Support. To, yeah. It's but I mean, I would I would assume if she wanted to tell me something or stuff that was going on in her mind, she's gonna do that. You right. know, things that are going on with work, yeah, um, social personal life, you know, especially if y'all live together, just in yeah. general, like that partnership works when like she can lean on you and you can lean on her and or them, whoever. Mm-hmm. And I think another key point is, oh, I got some gems. I think another key point is the fact that she is unbiased, yeah, but also like deeply loves you, yeah, right. So she can give you like she can call you out when it's like, hold up, Matt, what is this? Uh, You was kind of bullshit. You was kind of bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your boys won't always do that. I think the biggest thing to not make it unfair for her is that kind of if you have other people within your circle who yeah. you also talk to that stuff about. For sure. I think a lot of times, mm. for me specifically, I'll like put everything on my partner and like yeah. I have my friends who I can also talk to this stuff about so I'm not True. overwhelming right. her with like my emotional right. shit right. that's going on up here. Like right. kind of right. spread it out a little bit so it's not just on this one person. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I Oh man, I had a question. Oh god damn it. So the shop came out, right? Well, the yeah, snippet yeah. of the shop Right. Yes, I saw the little clip. Right. It's kind of talking about what we talked about before, but uh, it was. I think this episode, LeBron wasn't there, but it was like Kevin Love, Kevin Hart, Uh Charlemagne, uh, Maverick. Interesting mix. um, Lil Nas X. Yeah. And what's my man from the Blazers, McCollum, CJ McCollum. Hmm. And um, well, the very clip, interesting mix. Yeah, it was actually I watched the full episode after the social media outrage. I got to watch the full episode. I haven't seen either one. Out on a, okay, like, go ahead. I here, but uh, it was one clip that hit up hit came online where um, they were asking Lil Nas X about him coming out. Yeah, 
and uh, well, Kevin Hart, the dude who asked was trying to allude to Lil Nas X talking about coming out as gay. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Yo, you got then you made an announcement this summer." And Kevin Hart interjected, "Oh, he's gay." Yeah. So why does it matter? Why is it, yeah, he's yeah. gay. He's gay, yeah. right? And um, Lil Nas X went on to say, like, you know, at this, t- you know, it was probably the smartest move for me to say it now, especially yeah. when I have the number one song in the country. Yeah. Then to do that shit two years, five years, two months from now, when things change, and then the narrative becomes, "Oh, he's just saying that. He's just coming out because the success isn't yeah. there anymore, right?" Because we hear that shit too, which is bullshit. Yeah. But. Um, this was taking place in the setting of a barbershop. Okay. You know, obviously, there's a bunch of millionaires in that motherfucker, so it's not the typical barbershop. But mm-hmm. I just want to talk about when black men come together and congregate, um, how do we feel like we can improve uh, conversations? <laughs> I mean, so... <laughs> to be inclusive, question. but not at the same time, not tiptoeing around shit to right. not want to uh, disrespect people. I'd love to hear Jeremy's thoughts. I think it's important that we don't so I saw the clip, and I want to watch the full episode to get the full context. But with that Lil Nas X clip and with Kevin Hart's reaction and Charlamagne's reaction, like I'll talk about that first. That's it seems man. like they were almost asking him in like an antagonizing way, as if like, okay, you're gay or you're bi. What's the, what's the big deal about that? And like without giving him an opportunity to say that typically in our community, sometimes, sometimes. In the hood, he said that, right? Right, and, and he said that. So there's a negative reaction around if you are gay, if you are bi, if you are whatever. Of course. So I think the way that they were kind of antagonizing him in that moment was like, y'all know how this shit works. It's not a secret. So, no. um, but I also don't want to like project whatever I feel onto him. So mm-hmm. maybe he didn't feel any antagoniz- antagonizing in that moment. I don't want to project my feelings onto him. I think it's something we do kind of in social media conversations. We don't actually ask the person that was there, how did they feel about this? Right, yeah. yeah. And if he was cool with it, then I'm cool with then it. cool with it. Right. Yeah. But I think that, at least the clip that I saw, it just seemed like Kevin's, the visible clip of him kind of like shaking his head, like, why is that important? It kind of speaks to how we still don't really give space to like our brothers who may be gay or bi to actually tell why it's important to come out because it's something we kind of keep under the rug. So I got to see this. I didn't yeah. see that. I yeah. See yeah. Uh, he said more things. I won't say he uh, uh, made up for that comment that he made in the clip, but, you know, Kevin Hart didn't say, like, addressed him afterwards and was like, yo, like, you said what you had to say, what you wanted to say, and it's done. Yeah. People should respect that. That shouldn't be a question that you have to answer mm-hmm. all the time. Um, and then they went to talk about um, homosexuality and sports. It was a great conversation, so mm-hmm. I'm not trying to spoil everything. Yeah. But check it out. But just in general, like when I go to my barbershop in Forestville, same barbershop I've usually been going to for years, like you might, you might see somebody in there who might be potentially gay, mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. like that. And it's weird to see how niggas like don't interact with so, them. So on that tip, <laughs> I, I researched this clip uh, as we did our barbershop episode. There's this gay dude who was talking about how like he got kicked out the barber chair once the barber found out he was gay. So really? To think that these conversations shouldn't happen, we can't give you know empathy towards you know gay brothers. <clears> it's <throat> like this shit happens in the barbershop, getting kicked out. Like it's not just a one-off story. Yeah, that's ridiculous, man. It's crazy. But it's crazy. I see it. I can see it at the same time. It is ridiculous. So. Mm, I wish we had more time to talk about Yo, this. I, know. I wish we had more time to talk about this because I wish we could. I wish we could dive deeper into that situation because I've always wondered like how do black women feel in the barbershop? Mm. Like when they got to oh, come for the right. taper, it's like I just 
Or to drop off the kid? Yeah, because sometimes I'm sitting there like, yeah, oh, with it's, the kid, a little, niggas are it's a little tough in here, man. Ooh. Niggas are savage. It's as soon as she start walking out where you just see niggas' heads. It's dead quiet. I'm like, son, the sun is right there. Right. 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 Let's go ahead and get to the tools of the trade, though, man. All right, cool. Tools of the trade is like our finishing segment, and we like to, you know, say your social media handles, how people can follow you. We want to get you back on the show because I feel like this should be like a regular or quarterly thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm with it. I'm yeah. with it. Yeah. Uh, so drop your socials, and what is one tool of the trade, tangible or intangible, that's recently helped you get, um, you know, be more productive, be in a better mindset? So, for example, something tangible could be your calendar. Um, something intangible could be like faith in God. Right. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. What, what would, so what would that be for you? So if you want to follow me, I'm Jay Hurt, all socials, J-H-E-R-T-E. You can follow the podcast at Let's Talk Bruh on Instagram, Let's Talk Bruh Pod on the Twitter, uh, and Tools of the Trade. So this is something tangible or intangible? Either, Either or. One. Either or. Yeah. So on the podcast, we had my, my guy, Justin Thompson, he's a therapist. He dropped this gem that stuck with me for a minute. He said, oh. talk to yourself as if you're somebody you want to love. And I don't think that we do that as men. Like We talk about loving Ooh. our partner, our mom, our dad, but we don't talk to ourselves in that kind of internal reflection as if we want to love ourselves. We kind of like, oh, you should have got more money at this event or you should have... You, you fucked know, this up right, right here. And it's like, maybe the event went really well. I should be proud of that. But we kind of, we're our own worst critics. So that gem he dropped on me it's been replaying in my mind yeah. nonstop on a loop since since about May. So, mm. yeah. I could use that one, Self-love is the best love, right? I love that Facts. one, man. This is your boy, Bimo Brown. Follow me at Bimo Brown, B-E-M-O Brown, on all social media pod... Mm, my goodness. On all social media platforms. This week's tool of the trade, I think, is uh, discretion. Not mm. discretion in the sense of, like, secrecy, but discretion of, like... Uh, fellowshipping and... Well, using your talents... In the right amounts, kind of like uh, what's the thing when you gotta? Uh, I'm just fucking up today, y'all. I can't nah, think you're good. No oh, great. words, good. bro. Uh, Self love, bro. I'm trying, man. I'm trying, man. Slow portion, down. portion control. There we go. Portion, portion, portion control. control, man. You, you got need it. To, you got you it. need to have enough rotisserie chicken and green beans on your plate at the same time. Uh, hmm. Okay. Now I'm hungry. No rice to balance that shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, now you I'm would use hungry. a food metaphor. That's all I know. Yeah. All right. So I'm Thomas the Great, aka everybody's favorite Ghanaian. Um, my tool of the trade this week would be my future mm. and mm. the reason why I say it in that context is because I am now now with all the things that I have going on I have to process what's of the most importance to me and figure out what the next step is so like my future bla- plays a serious part in my current decisions wow that's powerful uh, once again on Twitter at Backpack Matt on Instagram at Mr. Backpack and I would say my tool for the trade would be the fearless introduction. Mm. Uh, I said I was alluding to earlier when I got on the bus how everybody was kind of like to themselves. Uh, but I, I guess I've grown a lot because when I got on the bus, even though I was a cameraman, I was a videographer, I went down the aisle and shook everybody's hands, introduced myself, and just got all that shit out the way. Yeah, as you should. And sometimes it's just that's the best way to go is just get the awkwardness out the way. So, uh, yeah, that'd be yeah. my tool for the trade. You'll learn that. As for sure. As always, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at OTS Pod. We got a new episode coming out every week. We want to thank y'all for listening to the Over the Shoulder podcast. Appreciate Make sure you. that you share us with your friends. Give us a good rating on whatever listening thing that you're listening on to right now. As always, come back next week to pick up more gems that we'll be dropping. Until then, peace. Peace, too. Peace, peace. Alicia, call me.
Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at fullserviceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.